Okay, welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back, listeners. We're the Sylvania gals. I'm Bridget. And I'm Margaret. Mother-daughter duo. Yep. And I know we have some faithful listeners, so as long as we have faithful listeners... Wait, do we? Yes! But Um, this week we're talking about Taylor Swift. Alright, don't click away. I know some people have a prejudice... Not even a prejudice, just a stereotype. Yeah, Um, I guess they're tired of Taylor Swift. If you like poetry, we're going to read some lyrics. And I, I mean, I think they're profound. Hmm. You know, I I think she's, I think her writing is her best skill. She's good at singing, she's good at performing, but I think her writing is like her best skill. Right, so yes, you've made me more aware of how... Her lyrics are actually poetry. Yeah, of course she has the pop songs like yeah. Shake It Off and right. um, Blank Space and We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together. But even that one, especially Blank Space, like if you look at those lyrics, it's pretty good. Well, poetry, of course, is very subjective. Even right. Any kind of poetry. That's uh, probably what I don't really like about poetry. It's so up for interpretation. But I feel like... Hers isn't. She just tells the story in a very poetic way. Sort of like a ballad. With yeah. So when did you first become aware and or, and or very well, interested in... She's always Taylor been Swift. around, right? Well, like, I guess from your perspective, she's always yeah, been around. Yeah, from my perspective. like <laughs> I remember a time before Taylor Swift. Like, you know, people are, were always singing Love Story on the bus. Because Love Story mm-hmm. came out in 2008 when I was six. So Right. So she's always been around, and I really liked 22. I had a phase when I was tw- of 22 when I was, like, 12, whenever that came out. Maybe 10. Right. But um, what I really got into her when I purchased Spotify Premium, and that's when I, you know, could listen to her songs, like, over and over, play whenever I wanted, no ads, play without Wi-Fi. Well, whenever I'm in the car, I have a playlist of all of her songs. It's 10 hours long, and whenever I'm alone, I, that's the only thing I'll play. I mean, I would say you're interested in music in general. You like your yeah. music. Yeah, I love my music. I like making a playlist. Yeah, and um, so you have a broad interest in music, too. Yeah, though, so. yeah I, I, I like other music, too. You yeah. know, I have a lot of people I like, but yeah. when I'm alone, I like I listen to Taylor Swift. Cool. Uh, do you think her music is, has cross-appeal, or do you think she appeals more to so, certain groups? So this is an interesting question, because she started out... She's a unique artist, because she's changed so much throughout her 15 years and counting. Mm-hmm. She started out in country. Her first three albums are country, like, with pop influences, but they're pretty country. And then she moved to pop with Red... Red is labeled a country album, but I think it's pop. Uh, so, but what people say is so attractive about her music is that she started in country, and country is a lot of storytelling, and then she brought that over to pop music. Right. So yeah. it's not just a bunch of fluff. It's you get the stories and the imagery, but it's uh, like catchy, like pop music, and you can dance to it. A lot of people who like her are obviously the stereotypical girls, teenage girls, but, you know, there are some, a lot of guys like her. Matt yeah. likes her. Oh, yeah, he does. He's been to a lot of her concerts. I know that, yeah. And, you know, I'll play her music, and a lot of people don't know some of her really, really good songs. Mm. You yeah. know, a lot of people like her music, just don't 
you know, listen to it nonstop. Yeah, just don't realize who it is. Yeah, I mean, you've certainly made me more aware of her songs, and I do like a lot of her songs. That, oh, yeah, really you said like she was like Bob Dylan. Uh, well, in terms of scope and, and the way she writes some of her music, and uh, yeah, Bob Dylan was known for writing a lot of his own lyrics and mm -hmm. having them be very yeah. moving. Yeah, um, so then she went into pop. Her read in 1989 of pure pop, and then Reputation is the kind of black sheep. It, there's a whole story behind it. Like, so Kim Kardashian called her a snake, and then she totally embraced that mm. imagery, and... um. She she went away for a whole year, and then when she came back, she she said in an interview on Ellen, she's like, there will be no explanation, only reputation. Mm. So she got her reputation tour. There was, like, two giant snakes. Um, it's yeah. just... And people said, like, oh, her reputation was a flop because it's, it's not as popular. Like, you won't know a lot of songs from reputation. Maybe Delicate, that was the lead single, but you probably wouldn't even know that. But that was the highest grossing tour ever in music's wow. industry. She's someone that able, is able to continually reinvent themselves. Right, right. Of... And then since Reputation, she had the Lover era, which was all butterflies after all the dark mm. and colors and all about love. All types of love, too. Like, she has a song, You Need to Calm Down. She never made anybody less gay, so... Uh that's one of the so, lyrics. So, yeah, and how do you get all your knowledge on Taylor Swift's music? Like, you have such deep knowledge. I'm always oh. so impressed when I hear you this one and listen to this one. And well, is it just from listening? So, I look at a lot of Taylor Swift fan accounts. I don't follow any, but they're all on my recommended or explore page on Instagram. Which, But that's, like, a lot of her outfits and stuff. But when I listen to her music... And, like, I don't understand a lyric, or I don't, I didn't, like, you can't really quite catch it, or you don't understand the meaning. I look it up, and mm -hmm. um, that's how I found the Burton to this Taylor lyric that I thought was so clever. So you look it up, and then there's, a, she has a site where she explains some of... No, you just, you just look up the lyric, and if I still don't understand, I'm like, what did this lyric mean? And there will be a site, there, there will be someone who explains it. And then I watch interviews with her. Like, I, I've watched a lot of her live performances. Mm -hmm. um, she had a documentary on Netflix. Yeah, I remember the documentary you watching that. Well, mm -hmm. she, she's had, she has two documentaries, I guess. She had a documentary that came out, Miss Americana documentary on Netflix, which came out in 2018. And then she had a documentary, not really, just um, talking about her folklore album, Long Pond Studio Sessions. Right. Where she played all that. So I guess we're going to go... I mean, there's a question here about common themes in her music. I don't know if you want to address that or if you just want to, you know, yeah. go through some of the lyrics. I mean, and obviously, the, like, love and, and relationships. Yeah. Um, I think we should just go through some of the lyrics. And some of the common themes may, maybe will come out. Well, I mean, the large majority of her songs are obviously about relationships and boyfriends and mm -hmm. but the ones I picked there's only there's one breakup one and then two love or two like two or three relationship ones. okay one so the them. first one is from a song you are in love she wrote about her two friends which one of them is her like main co-writer and producer Jack Antonoff but her him and his girlfriend I don't know if this is a good one to start with but okay you two are dancing in a snow globe round and round and he keeps a picture of you in his office downtown. 
and you understand now why they lost their minds and fought the wars, and why I've spent my whole life trying to put it into words. Wow. Do you like that? Well, you know, poetry is... I'm not sure I'm the great greatest at poetry. Like, there's something about wars in there. Like Why they lost their minds and fought the wars. They, the two people that were in love. No, just why people in love lose their minds. Right. And why they fight wars. Right. Do people, or, like, I guess fight, fight wars maybe to, like, protect people who they love. Yeah. Um, and why I've spent my whole life trying to put it into words. Right. Something yeah. special. Well, the snow globe imagery, I think, is pretty Yeah. Powerful. Yeah, and she used that again in one of her other songs. Like, um, like we're kind of just in a snow globe. It's just us. Because mm. um, she said she'd felt, she's felt like that in her relationships because she has to keep them so private. Oh, because of who she is. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not, it's not that awful. Like, sometimes you just want to be at home with your significant other and it's so cozy yeah sometimes you don't want to have to deal with the real world yeah but it's not always possible yeah. sure so most of these aren't from popular songs or okay songs so that's was... just one bit of one song so that's you... the bridge of that song the bridge oh yes you uh you introduced me to this concept of a bridge in yeah song. she's pretty her, well all of her lyrics are good but her bridges are right and well why don't you explain what a bridge is oh well there's in a traditional song like songs can be whatever you want them to be but in most of the songs out there playing on the radio there's a verse a chorus a verse a chorus a bridge a chorus so it's kind of like a third verse but it's usually not the same tune as the verses. Oh, I didn't realize. Oh, okay. Cor- like, a bridge is where you would have a key changer. Well, you understand a little bit more even about music. You've yeah. actually studied music more than I have. So. There's no one more musically challenged than you, That's Mom. very true. So. I have songs I like, Yeah, though. but you like music. You just. I do like music, and I like to sing along when I'm alone in the car. And so you're, we're going to go through some bridges, which well, is the this- third verse. No, I mean, they're not all bridges. So the next one I have is from, is verse two from a song called This Is Me Trying. They told me all of my cages were mental, so I got wasted like all my potential. And my words shoot to kill when I'm mad. I have a lot of regrets about that. I was so ahead of the curve, the curve became a sphere. Fell behind all my classmates and I ended up here, pouring out my heart to a stranger, but I didn't pour the whiskey. I just wanted you to know that this is me trying. Wow, that's kind of... She wrote that. Yeah. And that's someone who's never... I mean, as far as I know, as far as most people know, who's never had an addiction problem. Right. And she she wrote it, and then she set it to music. Yeah. Well, with help. This was from Folklore, and she talked about it in the Long Pond Studio Sessions. She was thinking about all the people who are trying their best, but most people still think what their life is like awful but they're just trying their best people who are addicted to something like yeah addiction's a tough one yeah yeah that's them trying but from my perspective their life is in shambles right yeah why don't why don't you just stop why don't you just stop doing what you're doing and yeah yeah yeah, get on your feet and go to work every day (laughs) the person was they had a lot of potential 
Right, and it's, yeah, it's often those types of people that sometimes end up very smart. But she was so ahead of the curve, it became a sphere. Like, yeah, that's true, and there are people like that. Yeah. I know people like that, or at least I did in college. People that, you know, were just too far ahead mm-hmm. that they get bored. Yeah. And, yeah, need to look for other types of stimulation. They, they can't pull a Bill Gates... Right, yeah, some people end up like that, of course. They they just uh, forget about college mm-hmm. and go do their own thing. But I think he had a lot of family support. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, life is can be very difficult for the very intelligent. Yeah. Okay, so the next one um, is a love one. It's from a song called Daylight. Ready? Yeah. This is from Lover. Luck of the draw only draws the unlucky, and so I became the butt of the joke. I wounded the good and I trusted the wicked. Clearing the air, I breathed in the smoke. Maybe you ran with the wolves and refused to settle down. Maybe I've stormed out of every single room in this town. Threw out our cloaks and our daggers now because it's morning now. It's brighter now. Yeah. She found love. It's brighter now. It's brighter now. It's brighter now. Yeah. And yeah, that song's called Daylight. And what I love about that song, so she has this album called Red. And in the end of that song, part of the bridge is like, I used to think love would be burning bread, but it's daylight. Mm. And so she... Burning bread? Burning red. Oh, burning red, yeah. Because she has a song like, loving him was red. Yeah, um, that's like uh, Red Hot. Yeah, there is an Elvis Presley song, Red Hot Love yeah. or something. Well, the thing I think that is most notable that I can think of is that you know this these words so well that when you hear it sung to music, you know, there's something additional there that happens. You actually know the words and it means something to you. Yeah. And then you hear the music. <laughs> like, I, there are certain songs like that. that yeah. Like Piano Man, you know, <laughs> everybody yeah. knows that song. Yeah. It says something to everyone, you know, it's just so good. All right, so... Do you have any comments on that specific one, though? Well, we already talked about daylight. Yeah, I mean, some of these are, you know, they do bring in that emotion of sentimentality. Okay, the next one, this was a bonus track on Folklore. A bonus track on Folklore. Which, it comes out after the album. This is, also has ties to romanticism. Um, like the, the literature movement or the poem movement. Wow. So, okay. Isn't it romantic how all my elegies eulogize me? I'm not cut out for all these cynical clones, these hunters with cell phones. Take me to the lakes where all the poets went to die. I don't belong in my beloved, neither do you. Those Windermere peaks look like a perfect place to cry. I'm setting off, but not without my muse. What should be over burrowed under my skin in heart-stopping waves of hurt? I've come too far to watch some name-dropping sleaze. Tell me what are my words worth? Whoa. There's a lot of symbolism <laughs> in there. I know. I know. Like, I'd have to read that a couple of times. There's a lot going on in there, I feel Did like. Did you catch the last line? Some sleaze telling me what my words are worth or something? Yeah, so like they're telling so- me what her words are worth, but it also it's words worth. Oh, words, right. Yeah. Right, oh. And I guess, like, words were, like, all those poets, like, um, Blake was... Yeah, there is a poet, Blake. Yeah, and Keats, like, all all those guys, I guess they, they, like, lived uh, at a lake, or maybe, and, um... Oh, yeah, they were... kind of just, like, lived in nature and wrote poetry about it. Yep, So probably. she's kind of, like, daydreaming about doing that and 
you know, escaping all these hunters with cell phones and name-dropping sleazes. Well, that's pretty powerful, especially if it, yeah, references back some of those famous poets. Yeah, and, isn't that cool? That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty powerful some words. I mean, I don't, I can't recall all of it, but while you were reading it, there's a lot going on there. I those feel like those Windermere Peaks look like those her. Windermere Peaks. Yeah, what's like, that what refer does, to? Uh, what Windermere? Well, Windermere is capitalized here. Yeah, I'm not well, that's sure a place. That. Yeah. yeah. So that must be referencing something in England too, along those yeah. lakes, Windermere yeah. Peaks. So uh, must also, have been there. The first line of that that song is it romantic? Ho- how all my elegies eulogize me right what is an elegy i think those are long poems right yeah how of all her songs like she's known for all her songs and that's all she's known for right also (laughs) there's a english teacher on youtube who who listens to her songs and pulls out all the imagery and Oh, okay. Um, literature, so like, be, yeah. similes and stuff, like an English teacher would. Yes. Um, so some I've watched some of her. Oh, okay, her, so you get yeah. some, some of your wisdom from there. Yeah, that, that's going to say, because I don't, I don't think the average person is going to pick out Windermere Peaks and poets along well, the way. Well, when you listen to it. Ancient England or medieval. Oh. Actually, it was Victorian England, I think. Next one is about doubt in a relationship. It's a big one. It's from a song called Peace, also from Folklore. A lot of these are from Folklore. Not all of them. But she's definitely, like, stepped up the lyric game in the pandemic. Mm. Not that she wasn't good beforehand, but um, her her diction is definitely somehow more mature, maybe. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Although this one... Okay. Not like we're never, ever, ever getting back, back together. <laughs> yes. She's... Well, that was one of her first pop songs, so it had to be really catchy. Right. Anyway. And it is really catchy. Yeah. So yeah. he calls me up again, and then he's like, I still love you. And I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> we are never getting back together. It's rough. It's really okay. rough. All right, but this is about doubt in a relationship. Yeah, peace. Peace. Our coming of age has come and gone. Suddenly the summer, it's clear. I never had the courage of my convictions as long as danger is near. And it's just around the corner, darling, because it lives in me. No, I could never give you peace. (laughs) Whoa. All of this. You know, I read this book at the beginning of the lockdown, you know, Why Poetry? Mm -hmm. Or why? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was called. Yeah, you remember me reading this book? It was a really good book. I really, and it's a short book. But, you know, poetry is about language and put in images together that don't normally go together. Like, it doesn't always have to make sense. It just has to evoke a response, yeah. an emotional response. Yeah. So it's not necessarily going to make sense, but just the fact, the way the words are put together touches something in you. He used the word resonate, which I couldn't stand, but whatever. Because <laughs> he used it so much? Yeah, yeah. resonance is... <laughs> something different so that that reminded you of that song of this this yeah also all this poetry the way you know you're reading it and you know it's you know i'm reacting to it and even though it doesn't necessarily everything makes sense to me i I can still react to it Mm -hmm. and say oh my gosh that's really yeah well this one specifically this one specifically piece one of her producers that she worked with aaron desner which he, he's interesting in himself. He was about to quit music. 
before Taylor Swift like was like, "Hey, do you want to collaborate?" So she does have help. Yeah, she, yeah, she definitely like you can't. Yeah, she does, but it's just these those three wrote minus the songs that she had like collaborators who were singing with. She was singing with. I think those three wrote all like thirty two songs on Folklore and Evermore. Right. Anyway, so this track was like super peaceful. And she's like, "Well, why not write a song about how I could never give this person peace?" This one's really sad. Well, I, I feel like a lot of them are really sad. She, daylight, was it? Oh, Daylight, yeah. The scene in the daylight. You right. are in love, was it? Okay, but yeah. a lot of them are, are maybe not sad so much as poignant. But I guess that's typical of music and, and poetry. You know, yeah, she uh, does have very happy and, songs. Like, you know, Shake It Off's a very happy song. Yeah, but the best poetry is always sort yeah. of, you know... Mellow, dramatic. I've told you about this song. I'm this sure. song's called Ronin. And she wrote it, I don't know when it was, probably around 2012. But a mom had a kid with cancer. Oh, yes. We've and talked about the this. mom had the, a blog, and Taylor saw her blog mm. and then wrote a song for the mom from the mom's perspective. Um, so here we go. <laughs> I remember your bare feet down the hallway, I remember your little laugh. Race cars on the kitchen floor, plastic dinosaurs. I love you to the moon and back. I remember your blue eyes looking into mine, like we had our own secret club. I remember you dancing before bedtime, then jumping up on me, waking me up. I can still feel, feel you hold my hand, little man. And even the moment I knew, you fought it hard like an army guy. Remember I leaned in and whispered to you, come on baby with me, we're gonna fly away from here. You were my best four years. Oh. <laughs> That's hard. That's so sad. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that, well, yeah, is that, is that, yeah, for that to become a popular song is... Oh, no, that wasn't popular. That wasn't yeah. even on an album. Right. It was just a random single. Yeah. There's some tough life right there, yeah. yeah. I feel like you're just saying, yeah. Well, I don't know what else to say, you know, I'm sort of speechless, so... You know, there's an element taken, taken away because the music's not there. Right, we're just doing Taylor Swift sort of lyrics. poetry, lyrics. Yeah. I've never even had a kid. I've never been a mother, but that still makes me cheer up. Well, sure. You know? This, the next one is called Happiness, and it's probably the her saddest song ever. Oh, brother. It's, it's my favorite <laughs> song right now of hers, maybe... But, like, not really, because I, I probably have, like, ten favorite songs at a time. This one, it's a really long song. It has three verses, three full verses, a chorus, a post-chorus, and a bridge. I cut out the choruses because they're, they're not that um, long. But I think this is the second and third verse. So this song is called Happiness. Yeah. But it's one of her saddest songs. Yeah, and it, it like, goes through... Well, I guess it's not... The, the chorus is like, there was happiness because of you, but there will happiness be happiness without you, too. Like, that's the chorus, but I don't have that. But um, it, like, goes through the phases of a breakup. Oh, brother. Tell me when did your winning smile begin to look like a smirk? When did all of our lessons start to look like weapons pointed at my deepest hurt? I hope she'll be a beautiful fool who takes my spot next to you. No, I didn't mean that. Sorry, I can't see facts through all of my fury. You haven't met the new me yet. I can't make it go away by making you a villain. I guess it's the price I paid for seven years in heaven. 
And I pulled your body into mine every goddamn night. Now I get fake niceties. No one teaches you what to do when a good man hurts you, and you know you hurt him too. Honey, I'm above the trees, and I see for what it is. But now my eyes leak acid rain on the pillow where you used to lay your head. After giving you the best I had, tell me what's to give after that. All you want from me now is the green light of forgiveness. You haven't met the new me yet, and I think she'll give you that. She talked about this in, she did an hour-long interview with Apple Music to talk about Evermore, and it's like, you have to, if you, you spend seven years with someone, you know, most people are married by then. Right. Um, but if you Although break up. they sometimes break up too, so. Right, that's true. <laughs> um, but if you break up, um, you have to, like, totally reinvent yourself. Yeah, you have to find other things to do in your free time that aren't that person. It wasn't a messy breakup. They decided it was the end of the road yeah. for them, huh? Well, maybe it was. A good man hurts you and you know you hurt him, too. Yeah. But no one teaches you what to do when a good man... That's so true! Mm. Well, that's what therapy's for, of course. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Therapy. Therapy. All this stuff sort of gets I wonder if she goes to therapy. I bet she does. You oh, think? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Most people are in therapy. Well, most people who can pay for it. Most people who can pay for it, yeah. She probably has several. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have the stigma it once did, so. Yeah. Um, when did all of our lessons start to look like weapons pointed at my deepest hurt? Another line in the song is, I was dancing when the music stopped. Like, it sort of just took you by surprise. Like, whoa, we used to have so much fun, and now we're... Right. It's not the same. When a close relationship goes bad, it can get pretty messy because that person knows everything about you. Yeah, just exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So those were all the lyrics I had. Oh, we made it through them all? Well, well like, I feel like this music helps you with your, you know, getting through how unfun, I don't want to say depressing the last year has been, but just yeah. unfun, you know, listening to kind of sad music and... Well, recognizing that these are they're sort of universal themes out there. I mean, sad music is always and yeah. sad music is all. She, I don't know. I guess some of her early songs are about loneliness, like a place yeah. in this world. Her, the opening line is, "I don't know what I want, so don't ask me." <laughs> right, right. That helps. You know, someone is vocalizing your yeah your fears and anxieties, and so. But um. You know, sad music is always fun to listen to. It's just, like, so... She's a song called um, All Too Well that is just so good. But I didn't put it in here because a lot of people know it. Mm. It's also, like, six and a half minutes long. Wow. Um, yeah. And then Champagne Problems. You're familiar with that one? Champagne Problems, yeah. Where everybody That's the kind of song where everybody sees her as a certain type. No, no. It's not from her point of view. She declined the the point of view it's from is that she declined a marriage proposal. You don't remember that? I mean, I remember some of it. I mean, I I don't keep this stuff. I have to hear you know you have to hear things several times before it really becomes a part of you. Mm. So a lot of these songs are a part of you that that you've internalized them so to speak. Yeah. I haven't totally internalized a lot of these songs and a lot of this poetry. So. I do remember that there is a song named Champagne Problems, but... Well, I, you you liked the trio of folklore. I do. I like... I like. Did we talk about that? I like those songs. I think they're kind of catchy songs. And I, now that I know the story, I you know, they do mean more to me. Yeah. 
I don't know that... I mean, even Dad said he liked the one song. He's like, oh, I like this. Yeah. <laughs> like, where he pulls up in the car. Well, yeah. it, you know, she has 154 songs. You're bound to like one of them. Well, yeah, and I think I do like a lot of them. And it's, But it's, you know, it's a little bit overwhelming, to be quite honest. Yeah. You know, uh, if you're not really into it. I don't listen to music the way I used to. Sometimes I get a little, sometimes I get like, oh, I don't want to be that into her because, you know, I'll never meet her. Right. You know? Well, yeah, you, you were making noises like you're so jealous of her. Well, like I you, am. Like, you just want to be Taylor Swift. From my point of view, she has the perfect life. Right now, at least. Right. You know, I know she was lonely when she was in her younger 20s, but. She has everything now. She like, has the world at her fingertips. Well, she's, well, she's very successful. She's very wealthy. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm none of those things. You think she'll go back on tour? No. You know, that's a good question. I don't know if she wants a family. Like, if she wants a family... Like, I feel like you shouldn't... Touring stops when you have a family. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I guess. I guess. Like, I mean, it can. I mean, she, she doesn't need to go on tour, I guess, to make money. Of course she doesn't, no. So and, just... like, she could retire right now and... You know, live comfortably. Yeah. She's that wealthy. Yeah, I she, guess she is. She's like, I don't know. It's somewhere between 300 and $600 million yeah. in net worth. Yeah. Um, of course yeah. I'm just Like, that's... I like to sing. You know, I'm not right. good at it. But if I could well, sing... Well, why don't you write music and poetry and, you know... I, you've never tried it. How do you know that? Oh, um, you're right. I don't know it. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> so... Should we move to Nashville? Like, maybe no, we need to move to no. Nashville. Like, she made her parents move to Nashville, right? Like, I don't understand that either. Like, she was she grew up near Redden, Pennsylvania on a tree farm, and then she insisted yeah. that her, the family moved to Nashville to when she was, like, 11 or 13. 11. 11? Like, they I moved to Nashville for her, yeah. I mean, she was writing songs by then, though. Yeah, she's already had. She was already sort of a prodigy, and but you know, you're only nineteen. We could maybe we could relocate. No, to but like, <laughs> I'm not a singer. Right. I just like it. Yeah. You don't think you have the talent for it. Mm-mm. And we have the guitar. You tried to practice the guitar once. You think no. she's a really good musician, piano? Like she, you think she can play piano and everything, and yeah, uh, she classically trained that way. I don't know how she was trained on... I don't think... I kind of just assumed she taught herself, but she definitely plays live and stuff. It's funny, she, there are compilations on YouTube of, like, Taylor Swift messing up on stage, and it'll be, like, her and a guitar, and she'll start playing. She's like, wait, no, that's the wrong key. I forgot what I wrote this key, this song. I forgot what key I wrote this song in, and then she'll, like, try a few, and like, that's the one. And then starts playing, like, one of her songs from Fearless or something. And you think there's a culture out there that is sort of anti-Taylor Swift. Yeah, well, she's she's had her, you see her scandals. Yeah, and, and you, you sort of mentioned this before, that that's a, a, a lot of that is because she's a woman. If, yeah. If it had been a man that... Well, she's very vocal. She has a song called The Man, which is basically imagining her life as a man. Mm. Um... And how, like, one of her lyrics is literally, like, I'd be just like Leo and Saint-Tropez. I guess Leonardo DiCaprio has been pictured in Saint-Tropez with a bunch of naked women. 
And if she did that with a bunch of naked men, you know, she'd be bashed on the internet. But Leonardo DiCaprio, I guess, was praised, or at least not bashed. Some of the people who don't like her or think her songs are annoying, they're just like, oh, a bunch of breakup songs. Like, which is fair, but also Ed Sheeran writes a bunch of breakup songs. Mm. You know, One Direction wrote a bunch of breakup songs, although they're, they're also sometimes annoying. But, like, Harry Styles writes a bunch of breakup songs. Yeah. You know, they're not... Those guys aren't... You know, like, any band, everyone writes about breaks up, breakups or love. Everyone writes about the same things. I guess she has felt a lot more criticism than her male counterparts. She handles it very well. Well, I'm sure she does. She seems to be doing quite well for herself. All right. Well, that was a good episode. Uh, you, you taught us a lot. <sighs> very informative. I hope people listened. Yeah. Oh, people are listening. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah, next time we'll have a guest. All right. Next time, guest, next time. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Send us, what did you say? Send us your hot takes. Yeah. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Bye.